Hey everyone, so you want to know how to use Anchor, right? I'm here to inform, guide, and help you on how to use Anchor. Anchor is a phone app and hosting site owned by Spotify. It's the awesome idea to start creating your podcast by attempting to be the one-stop shop for podcasters without an extensive technical background. You can follow the vertical integration model, meaning that you can record, distribute, and monetize your podcast. Why are you struggling with paying a hosting site which includes promoting your show with limited storages? Forget about it. It's the simple fact that unlimited storage is free. It includes recording, adding music, intros, outros, and uploading episodes. Plus, you get paid some money to put in your pocket through sponsorships with no minimum listenership. That's fantastic and magnificent, isn't it? These are the important things to create and make a podcast. You can download Anchor on your phones, tablets, laptops, and computers, or you can check out anchor.fm so you can get a head start on your podcast right now. Remember, if you have a dream of creating your own podcast, don't let anyone stop you from achieving your goals and dreams. If I can reach the amount of success loving what I'd love to do in this career, podcasting field so can you i'm g money stacks thank you for listening and have fun with your podcast let's go Hey, good evening, USA, Canada, worldwide. Long Island, aka Strong Island, plus the five spots of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, and Queens. I'm your man, G Money Stacks, aka Lone, the Misunderstood Lonely Nomad, the Greginator, YouTuber, creator, host with the most, the 
unstoppable independent podcaster and rookie podcaster of Queens, New York. And you and you're rocking with the sports edition show of excellent fun vibrant podcast episode 25 live and direct from Streamyard, youtube and of course alongside of myself is the instagram live feed make sure you turn on your notifications on on instagram so you don't miss me in action in case you have any questions comments whatever drop it in the comment section on the instagram live feed and the youtube live feed as well and speaking of youtube make sure you grab that subscribe button and also click on the noni noni bell so you can be reminded when the show goes in the air via live stream and of course um the latest episodes um leave a like and a comment stay tuned for more video content upcoming episodes previous episodes and plus tell a friend to another friend download these episodes and i will go over the audio streaming platforms on the go at the end of the show now i do apologize for not recording this past sunday um i didn't know there was going to be a double header of the new york mets versus the phillies so um you know what i'm saying and and that's why I am recording today, which is um, a Tuesday, which will be posted on Thursday as well. Now, in the f- near future, I will add a day to actually record. With other than Sundays, I'm gonna try to see if I could do a little experiment with um, Tuesdays as well, which is 6 p.m., which is the same time as on Sundays as well. So most likely starting the day, I will start um, doing six o'clock on Tuesdays. And perhaps I'm still going to do Sundays. Don't get it twisted. I'm still going to do Sundays as well. So, you know what I'm saying? And, um, and yeah, I just wanted to clear this up. So, um, um, you sports fans out there don't get the wrong impression that I didn't record this past Sunday. What happened was, um, I was, what happened was, um, not only I was eating a late dinner, but I was watching, um, a double header of the Mets game. So, you know, um, without, without further ado, um, let me get into a whole mental health check-in for, for a quick second here. Um, as for how I'm feeling mentally, physically, and spiritually, I'm um I'm kind of like between I'm between a five and a, I'm between a five and an eight. Um long story. I'm not really gonna get into it too much, but you know, in honor of mental health checking month awareness. Um, you know, you don't necessarily have to wait till mental health check-in, mental health check-in month and mental health day to actually reach out to somebody. It's all about, um, you know, following your, your mind, your soul, your heart, your instincts. And of course, of course, you know, being able to have, you know, some kind being able to have confidence, you know what I'm saying? So that's just so that's just the basics right here. 
of the mental health check-in. Um, and as and you know, it for me as a content creator and a podcaster, it can be challenging, especially it can be challenging for me to actually um, you know, figure out some stuff. But you know, I am look I am at the moment trying to um look for some um people who want the calls with me not only on on my number one show off the meat rat chains new york podcast but also on the sports the sports podcast that i'm doing right here so you know it'll take some time i'll 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 figure something out though man you know what i'm saying it it all depends on the person's schedule you know what i'm saying it all depends so i'm not really going to you know, do too too much too much pressuring on anybody, but you know what I'm saying. But you know, people gotta understand that doing episodes by myself is not as easy as it seems compared to compared to having a team of people to co-host with you on your show that you that you started. You know what I'm saying? So I just wanted to get that out the way. So um Anyway, so with that being said, we're going to get into a little thing that I like to call in sports the quick bleach. Hold on a second, not this one. Hold on a second. This is the quick side bleacher bar. Here we go. Our first story has to do with a lady. Um, and this has to do with a lady who is basically um, filing a lawsuit. So I will get to that right now. So here we go. Okay. What we have here, um, according to SI.com, um, the lady's name is Sage Steele. And basically, uh, she's doing a lawsuit. Um, So here's the story. Veteran sports anchor Sage Steele filed a lawsuit against ESPN for retaliation last week, alleging that the network suspended her after she shared her opinions on a podcast, a violation of her constitutional right to free speech. Can I tell you something, folks? I did a breakdown on on the limitations to free speech. I actually talked about this on my other other podcast, actually, on the New York podcast, actually. And um, the crazy part is, um, you know, freedom ain't free, man. And you know, crazy crazy shit is even. Even free speech is not considered free. And that's crazy. And that's pretty crazy to me in a sense. Um, and I have to really be a little frank here, man, because this this shit is crazy, man, with this with this whole um scenario here. Now, I'm all for having an opinion and, and, and shit like that, but sometimes sometimes you really 
you really have to know that there's a time and place for everything. You know what I'm saying? Um, and yeah, it's just crazy. Um, and, and speaking of crazy, as we continue, um, Steele's opinion was shared on former NFL quarterback Jay Cutler's podcast last fall. Um, where Steele called ESPN's vaccine mandate for employees sick and scary. Steele also made comments about former President Barack Obama, who who has a white mother and a black father. She questioned why Obama identifies as black when his father was nowhere to be found. Okay. Okay. What does what does what does um Barack former um President Barack Obama's um ethnicity and race have to do with you? That's my question. Hold on a second. Let me say this again. What does Barack Obama's ethnicity and, and race have to do with you in this lawsuit? Like, I'm confused. Like, like seriously, I'm really confused about this shit. This, listen, man. Listen. Listen. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you something right now. You, you, you questioning someone's background based on what? Yeah, yeah, delusional ideas. Well, guess what? Not everybody's going to agree with you. You know what I'm saying? Not everybody's gonna agree with you. The same way, not everybody's gonna like like the types of opinions you're gonna be saying. So. I mean, you have to find a balance, and you have to find a balance in things, especially in life, though, man. And 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 there's a um saying, or no, there's a saying in a quote that Homer Simpson said. No, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. If I'm not mistaken, um. No, 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 no. Um, I heard it off of some something else, something else. I forget what it was, but um, the quote was saying that um, life is like a cassette tape. Um, and you can't necessarily re rewind. You can't necessarily rewind. You know what I'm saying? Because all you can all you can do is just go forward. I mean, there's no there's no turning back. Um, I hope I hope you I hope you folks sports fans out there understand what I'm saying. So, let's continue. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Um. Her lawsuit, in her lawsuit, Steele cited several examples of events that occurred with co-workers at ESPN, claiming the instances are evidence that she was punished for, ex for exercising her First Amendment right. Among these was an incident that took place on November 12, 2021, which was last year, when 
NFL analyst Ryan Clark refused to appear on air with Steele because of her comments on Cutler's podcast. Clark asked Steele's superior if she could be replaced on the segment with co-hosts with her co-host. ESPN refused to replace Steele for the segment and Clark skipped it, but he suffered no penalty from the network as a result. Um I don't know, man. Does this sound like does this sound like favoritism? Sure. But in some cases, but in some cases, the whole thing about having look, every look, everybody has a right to have an opinion, right? But there's certain things, there's certain things that sometimes when you accuse someone off of um off of what was um what was said based on based on the exact statements can sometimes sometimes can lead you to sometimes can really lead you to trouble so um anyway man so good luck with that shit though man <laughs> um anyway man so um let's get into let's get into another story right here man um um let's get into another story now i've been saving this story in regards to a shooting all right <clears throat> this is according to um the new york post um this was last month I've been saving this, so let's just let's just start with this. So, horrifying video captures the moment that dozens of gunshots rang out in the vicinity of a youth baseball game in South Carolina Monday night during a Dixie Youth um, League baseball game at Pepper Hill Park in North Charleston, the group of kids on the field can be seen reacting to the sounds of shots nearby. At first, the kids were confused, not sure what's going on. When it when it dawned on them what is happening, they all ran for cover. <coughs> ABC News 4, the local news affiliated that the that this distributed video of the incident reports that one of the team's coaches lobbied the league to no longer hold games at the park in North Charleston due to the violence in the area. Police told the outlet that no one was injured in the incident. Cops told TMZ that the shooting occurred after a fist fight between a large group of teen boys who fled the scene before officers arrived. The city, which has about 111,000 people, has had 11 homicides so far in 2022, up from six this time last year. This past weekend, there were two homicides, and one of the victims was a 16-year-old boy. Oh my gosh. So look. Uh, this is crazy. 
okay, to actually um, not hold a baseball game in North Charleston due to the violence in the area. I don't, listen, I think it's the people, I think it's the fucking idiots who did this shit, okay? Like, you, look, how about solve the how about solve the problem instead of blaming it on instead of blaming it on one area that that consumes violence like that doesn't make any sense that doesn't make any sense to me it's like it's like you live it's like for it's like for me you're living in fear now sometimes for me I can I can be fearful for my life in certain situations, yes, because because for the simple fact that right here in New York, there's some some spots like the subways. Then it's not it's not really it's not the safest safest. It's not safe as it used to be. Just put it that way, man. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not trying to alarm. I'm listen. I'm not trying to alarm anybody. You know what I'm saying? But the fact of the matter is, is that on any state, anywhere you go, whether it's in New York, whether it's um, um, whether it's like you know North Carolina, South Carolina, or any other state whatsoever, there's always going to be, there's always going to be, um, there's always going to be idiots who's trying to start a ruckus with violence. It's like, seriously, it's just, it's like enough is enough, man. Like, stop ruining the the. The kids baseball um little league games or whatever you know what i'm saying like seriously how about have some security how about having some security and you know bodyguards to to do all this like seriously this is crazy like this is the place where kids usually interact with one another and and to say that they can't play baseball because of violence, it just it just spells out fear. You know what I'm saying? Like seriously, man, how about solve the problem before you put in fear onto other people? Like, you know what I mean? Like seriously, like this is this is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I hope whoever did this gets captured. So there you go, right there. Um, yeah. Um, so, so obviously, um, I like to actually, um, okay. So, um, so this year. Um, this year is the 100, no, hold on a second. So, so the New York Mets announced on Monday that they will be commemorating the 10th anniversary of Johan Santana's um, historic no-hitter with the team during a pregame ceremony on May 31st against the Washington Nationals on June 1st. Um, 2012, Santana threw 134 pitches to to blank 
the St. Louis Cardinals for the first ever no-hitter thrown in Mets franchise history. Hold on a second. <clears throat> yeah, after a grand total of 8,019 8, um, regular season games played. End quote. I can't believe it's been 10 years since, 10 years almost since we made history, Centeno said on Monday afternoon. Every time you look back, you think about it. You bring back those memories. I couldn't believe I'd done that. It's part of history now. It was the crowning moment of Centeno's four-year stint with the Mets in what proved to be his final season in the pros. After... After he acquired from the Minnesota Twins before the 2008 season as a two-time AL Cy Young Award winner, Santana met high expectations with the Mets by going 40 to 25 with a 2.85 ERA um, over his first three seasons with the team. That included a 2008 season in which he finished third in the NL Cy Young Award, voting by going 16 and 7 with a league leading 2.3, no, excuse me, 2.53 ERA. His career came to a screeching halt when he was forced to miss the 2011 season due to a shoulder injury, which made the heavy workload during his no-hitter a bit controversial due to the drop-off in production following that night. After striking out David Freeze for the final out of the historic night, Santana lowered his 2012 season ERA to 2.38 over 11 starts. Over his final 10 starts of the season of that season, he posted an 8.27 ERA, with many speculating that the 134 pitch effort emptied the proverbial tank of his career. Of course, that didn't matter to Santana, who didn't need to do much to convince former Mets manager Terry Collins to go out for the ninth inning, despite having thrown having thrown one twenty two pitches. Um, yeah, one twenty two pitches. Um, Collins asked asked me how I felt. I felt good, and I wasn't coming out. He told me I was his hero, Santana said. I think 120, 130, 135 pitches, it didn't matter. I had an opportunity to do something that was never done. We were this close to making history. You take the, you take that chance. It wasn't just about you and how you feel. His catcher that night, Josh Choley, um, will also be on hand to celebrate Centennial's no-no. It'll be a day that lives with me forever, Tolly said. That's the only thing in my career that I do tend to talk about because it's very special to me. <sighs> Round of applause.
All right. Um, let's see. Um, let's see. Uh, this is um. All right. This is kind of. This is kind of um. Let's get it to. Now I've been meaning to talk about this for a while now. This has to do with the Mets getting hit by pitches nineteen times. Nineteen times. This is according to SI.com in regards to the whole the whole New York Mets explosion that happened um not too long ago. And this is according this is basically talking about the Mets are fighting mad. The baseballs are either dead, too slick, spending too much time in humidors or all the above. The weather is too cold. It's been a great month for conspiracy theorists, but a lousy month for hitters. Um, There has never been a time in MLB history with fewer hits in the average game than right now. Of course, 7.6 per team. Everybody has a theory. I'll get to the conspiracy theories in a bit, but let's stick to the facts. In order, here are the re- the biggest reasons why offense is down. Number one, the lockout. The short spring train training spring training prompted MLB to allow three more roster spots. Um, staffs of sixteen pitches are killing offense. Um, yeah, MLB will allow 14 pitches through May before um, finally getting to the intended threshold of 13. Um, when outs are divided among more pitches, hitting suffers. suffers. That's how deep the talent pool of pitching is. Well, as long as the average max out strikeout seeking well-rested reliever has to throw only 18 pitches per appearance anyway, batting average um, um, 220 and OBP 303 against relievers are at all-time lows. The highest OPS in matchups, hitters versus starters, a third time, 0.7. 80 last year barely exist at all. Starting pitchers don't have to pace themselves or face a lineup three times through. They are facing an average of only 2.8 hitters a third time. A 31% drop from 4.1 last year. Fresh arms are everywhere. Relief pitchers are making only 40, no, excuse me, 14.1% of their appearances with no rest, down from 16.7% in April last year. The batting average in innings 7 through 9, just when the game should be exciting, is .224, and an all-time worse by 8 points. The average game includes an all-time high of 9.32 pitchers. A decade ago, it was 798 
Juan Soto of the Nationals saw 46 pitches in his first um, 83 plate appearances. Ted Williams saw 73 pitches in 606 plate appearances in the entire 1941 season. Um, more pitches appeared in MLB games in the first three weeks this year than every full season from 1871 to through 1994. Folks, it's right in front of you. The expanded inventory of arms is compromising the game. Number two, the spin. For the first time in history, pitchers are throwing non-fastballs um, more, more than fastballs. Why? Um, of course, um, according to the data of the 2022 MLB hitting by pitch type, fastballs is 48.3%. Average is 0.253. Um, SLG, um, 404. Non-fastballs, 51.7%. Average is 0.211. And SLG is 0.334. Remember, when pitchers challenge rookies to see whether they could hit MLB philosophy, excuse me, velocity. Mariners rookie Julio Rodriguez is seeing only 39% fastballs. Corey Seager saw 53% fastballs when he was the 2016 NL Rookie of the Year. This year, he sees only 39%. He's hitting .179 against non-fastballs. Um, Pitch shaping is a newer phenomenon that has changed the game compared to 20 years ago. Hitters swing less than no, no less often at pitches in the strike zone between 68% to 70% and almost twice as often at pitches out of the zone between 31% to um, 18%. Greg Maddox said the key to pitching is make the strikes look like balls and the balls look like strikes. It's never been done more than right now. Um, Number three, humidors. This is the first season with baseball stored in humidors in all 30 ballparks. They are stored at 57% humidity except at Coors Field, which is set at 65%. As, asmorphic, asmo, as atmospheric conditions tend to get more humid at, as the season goes on. For instance, April is the least humid month in New York, which is 55%. And September, the most, 68%. MLB experts that the effect of keeping the baseballs in drier conditions will grow greater through the summer. Um, stay tuned. Everything else, cold weather. Infielders and outfielders playing deeper. Hitters trying to slug. The further evolution of tailored defensive shifts. Um... All of it matters, just not as much as expanded 
pitching staffs, like the humidor factor. We need more than three weeks and not with bloated rosters to see how it plays out. And you might as well throw the baseball itself in there, as some players do. Now, about those conspiracies. Okay, so here's the, here's the stupid. Here, okay, theory, there is a hit-by-pitch um, epidemic in baseball. Fact, the rate of hit-by-pitches per team game is the same as last year, um, 0.43 and down from 2020, which is uh, 0.46. The Pirates have yet to be hit by pitch, to be hit by a pitch. The MLB average is seven per team so far. The problem is that the, the high-profile Mets are such an outlier, and they keep jumping out of the dugout with angry faces when it comes when it happens. New York re, re retaliated on um, Wednesday when Yoan Lopez buzzed a fastball by the head of Nolan Arenado of the Cardinals. After J.D. Davis left the game, at the game hit on the ankle with a three-and-two pitch, clearly not an intentional pitch by St. Louis pitcher Genesis Cabrera. The Mets didn't care about intent. They just got tired of seeing their guys plunked. Theory. The Mets get keep getting hit by pitches because pitchers can't grip the ball in cold weather. Fact. The 11 games in which um, the Mets have been hit by pitches have averaged 63.9 degrees at first pitch. The nine games in which they have not been hit have been been colder with an average temperature of 58.0 degrees the theory is pitchers are targeting Mets hitters up and in fact it is common for pitchers to lose same side sinkers on their arm side because of the run on the pitch such pitches account for 21% of all hit-by-pitches, but 32% of the Mets hit-by-pitches. The Mets have an abundance of hitters who pitches must attack on the inside part of the plate. Three of them show up on the list of most hit-by-pitches over the past four seasons. Now, now this is according to this chart right here. Um... Most hit by pitches from 2019 to 2022 of this year. Now, Anthony Rizzo, um, Yankees, um, 64 hit by pitches. Um, Mark Canna of the Mets, 57 hit by pitches. Victor Robles, Nationals, 51. Pete Alonzo. Um, Mets, um, hit by pitches 43 times. Starling Marte, um, Mets, 42 hit by pitches. Nobody should be surprised that the Mets get hit with a lot of pitches. Theory, the crackdown on sticky substances made the game more dangerous for hitters. Fact, the hit by pitch rate remained flat once the crackdown 
unofficially begin. Hit by pitches per team game in 2021. Now, this is between April through May, 0.439, and June through October, 0.432. It's theory. It's wilder than ever, ever out there on the mound. Facts. Walks, hit by pitches, and wild pitches are at four years low through 259 games slightly. The rise in hit batters started in 2018 as technology prompted pitches to chase speeds, spin, and strikeouts. This season is not unusual. It fits right in with this era of more pitchers using more spin. Um, so of course, um, should I even look at this chart here? So walks in 2022, 8.94% hit by pitches, um, 1.14%, 1, 1. while pitches per pitch, 24%, and 259 games. All the same, 259 games of getting hit by pitches, while pitches, um, of course, there's walks, um, which is an up and down, um, from 2004 to 2022. So, so 2021, 9.09%, 1.38% hit by pitches, while pitches 0.29%, and, of course, 259 games, which is all the same. With 2020, 2019, 2018, um, 2017, and all these percentages. This is like 9.23, um, 1.32, 0.25, um, 9.29%, 1.15% of hit by pitches, um, 0.25 percent, um, 2018, 9.22 percent, 1.10 percent, 0.26 percent, um, hit by pitches and wild pitches, and of course, the walks, um, 2017, 8.62 percent, 0.89 percent, 0.25 percent, which is the hit by pitches, and of course. On uh, wild pitches, um, yes, 2016, 8.44%, 0.91% hit by pitches, 0.27% wild pitches, 2015, 8.03%, um, walks, um, yeah, 8.03%, um, 0.95% hit by pitches, um, 0.26% while pitches, 2014, 8.38%, 8 um, 8 walks, 0.83 hit by pitches, 0.25 while pitches. 2012, 8.36%, 0.81%, 0.21%. Um, 2011, 
This is the chart about walks, hit by pitches, wild pitches per pitch, um, and 259 games. So there you go right there. Theory. MLB is mixing batches of baseballs. Fact. After updating manufacturing methods for for last season, which created a more consistent but less lively baseball, MLB ran into inventory problems in July due to the slamdemic and supply chain issues. They dipped into inventory from the previous season to address the problem, creating a mixture of baseballs last season. MLB sent a memo last month to its clubs and the MLBPA stating that all baseballs used this year would be from current stock. The 50-50 mix of baseballs last season has been replaced by 100% of the newer, less lively baseballs. Um, Logic suggests offense would go down and it has down from the juiced ball of 2019 to more traditional levels of course um yeah also um i think chris bassett had a lot to say on this so i'm gonna actually get to i'm gonna get to the thing man let's get let's get to what chris bassett had to say and then i'll get to robbie cano on the whole thing and this is according to the guardian um this is according to the, to the Guardian. So, New York Mets pitcher Chris Bassett says MLB is taking players' safety for granted after three of his teammates were hit by pitches during their 3-0 three, three to zero victory over the St. Louis Cardinals on Tuesday night. Cardinals starter um, Jordan Hicks hit Dom Smith in the second, and Pete Alonzo was hit in the Helmet by Cody Whitley in the eighth inning, after which benches and bullpens bullpens started to clear. Both benches were warned, and tensions quickly fizzled out. Then Starling Marte was plunked by Aaron Brooks with the bases loaded in the ninth, leading to the final run. Um, some believe MLB's ban on foreign substances has more baseballs harder to grip leading to pitchers losing control of their throws. But Bassett blames the baseballs themselves, which he says are all different this season. 
it's extremely annoying to see your teammates constantly get hit. And it, and if you get hit by certain pitches, it is what it is. But to get hit in the head, the amount that we're getting hit is unbelievable, Bassett said. I had some close calls tonight, and I have been hit in the face by a line drive, and I don't want to do that to any anybody ever. But MLB has a very big problem with the baseballs. They are bad. Everyone in the league knows it. Every pitcher knows it. They are bad. They don't care. MLB doesn't give a damn about it. They don't care. We've told them our problems with them, and they don't care. Alonzo was struck on the helmet for the second time in in a month and passed concussion test, passed concussion test, and will miss Wednesday's game and the third of the Mets World Series against the Cardinals. Mets manager Buck Walter agreed with his pitcher. It's one thing to get hit in the toe or knee, but we're getting a lot of balls in the head and neck and it's not and it's and it's just not good not good so Walter said you care about your players and without getting into right and wrong and what you have what have you you reach a point where it's about safety of your players we're lucky you are talking about a pitch that broke his helmet it's not good i'm not happy um, damn, man. Yeah. This is crazy, man. Yeah, um, hold on a minute. This is crazy, man. And I I want to say something about this, actually. Hold on a second, if I could. <sighs> okay. When I saw the, um... The Mets and Cardinals game that day, and especially seeing the the New York Mets explosion after two batters get hit by a pitch, shit, I'll be fucking mad too. Like you, you, certain certain pitches from the opposing team, the opposing team like the Cardinals or any other team whatsoever that play against the Mets, um. They say it's not intentional, but sometimes it can be intentional in a sense of doing it on purpose. Yes, and I agree with um, what Chris Bassett said. And the reason being is because this has been an ongoing problem for years. Like it's just it's just crazy to me to see, you know, a brawl um between between the opposing team with the Mets. Now it's crazy to say because I remember um one game I was watching Francisco Lindor got hit by a pitch. Um and it's crazy, man. And and then JD Davis getting hit by a pitch too, which is nuts. I'm I'm starting to feel like I'm starting to feel like that 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 they they don't really it's like they don't really care it's like they only care about one thing and that's money. How are you gonna say you care about your players but you care about the players but 
you don't care about their safety? Help me make sense of this shit, man. Help me make sense of this shit. Help me make sense of this shit, man. This is not okay, man. This is definitely not okay. And I'm not liking the idea that um that you would that that, that an opposing pitcher would actually, you know, hit Mets batters. And for what? Because what? Because what? The Mets have Mets on number one in the wild card. I think this shit is out of jealousy. I think this shit is out of jealousy. Um, you know what I'm saying? I feel like this is out of jealousy because, look, if you know for a fact that the Mets have gone to a great start, and, of course, the Cardinals, but at the same token, like, God damn, man. Like, like when are you going to realize... When are you gonna realize that 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 you know you you you're not gonna get a you can't get away with doing what you did, especially you know hitting met met batters and stuff. Like to to be honest, MLB needs to get their fucking shit together because the more met players and and batters get hit by a pitch, the more they're going to have more problems than Jay-Z's 99 problems, okay? <laughs> I'm just saying, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, like tell, me the, tell me this doesn't make any sense to you folks out there. This shit doesn't make any sense. So that's just my take on this shit, though, man. You know what I mean? Um... That's just my take, man. So I just had to put it out there. Um. Okay. So now that I got that out the way, um, hold on a minute before I even get to, uh, shoot. Um. Hold on a minute here. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. So. Another another news, another Met news. Um, Robbie Cano. Um, hate to say this, hate to say this, but um, Robbie Cano got cut. He got cut from the Mets. <laughs> yeah, you're probably wondering why. I'll get to it, and I'll get to it right now. So late Sunday night, Billy Appler brought Rob Robinson Cano into Buck Showalter's office at City Field to have a challenging but necessary talk. The Mets general manager had to tell the veteran second baseman, whom he had known since their days together with the Yankees, that the club was designating him for assignment because of Monday's roster crunch. Teams needed to trim down to 28. From 28 players to 26 by noon on Monday, and and the underperforming Cano was the final cut. Was the final cut? It was pretty difficult, Epler said. Money, money outside of the Mets clubhouse, where the move was expected to resonate because of Cano's well-liked status. I'm not trying to process every 
players conversation I've ever had with that kind of magnitude. But with my history with Robbie and sharing a lot of experiences with him professionally, I say it was one of the more difficult ones. The move was a costly one as Cano had still had two years and about $37.6 million left on his contract. But the 39-year-old was off to a rough start in his first season back since serving a, a year-long suspension for his second positive test for performance-enhancing drugs. He had posted a slash line of .195, and 43 plate appearances across 12 games and 11 starts. And the part-time second baseman designated hitter had only been used as a pinch hitter once. Bench player... Bench players Don Smith, J.D. Davis, and Luis Guillorme each had minor league options remaining. Or the Mets could have opted to cut Travis um, Jankowski, though the speedy fourth outfielder would have been exposed to waivers. Um, uh, Epler said he presented various potential transactions to team president Sandy Alderson and then owner Steve Cohen, along with the recommendations of the front office and on-the-field staff. Cohen, Epler said, simply told him to make the baseball decision. That meant Cano being jettisoned, jettisoned in, in addition to um, reliever Yoan um, Lopez being optioned to AAA Syracuse to get the Mets um, down to 26. Ultimately, we came to the point where it was Robbie. It was Robbie because we weren't going to have the play appearances as we want to allocate them around the kind of utilize the whole bench. Epler said it was going to be a little irregular. Shaw Walter and Epler both said they expect Cano to catch on with another team in option. That was echoed by two executives who spoke to the Post, John Heyman. If he does not, Showalter said Epler offered Cano the opportunity to go to a AAA Syracuse and get at-bats there. Epler also said he would welcome Cano back to the, to the Mets organization in a different capacity, too, if he wants that. Um, for now, Cano's agent and former Mets um, GM, Brody Van Wagenen, who brought the eight-time All-Star to Queens in a 2018 blockbuster with the Mariners, said that Cano still wants to play. Given the right situation, he can still make a meaningful contribution for a team, Van Wagenen told the Post, Joel Sherman. I don't think it's over for Robbie, Show Walter said. He's going to get an opportunity, and he's going to He's probably going to contribute, but we got to think about what's right for the Mets right now. As for how the players still in the Mets clubhouse would take the news of Kondo's departure, Shaw Walter said he wanted to be cognizant of their feelings while also giving them their space to deal with it. 
tough roster cuts happen every year at the end of spring training, but one like this was likely to hit differently, especially after the iteration of the Mets had already been through 23 games together. Robbie's a great player, a great competitor, great leader, and one of my favorite players of all time, Smith said. So it's definitely sad, no matter who it had been. It would have sucked because this team was put together pretty special, specially, and we feel like we had everything and we still have everything that we need. The Mets began life without Cano on Monday night against the Braves, and while Epler believes he made the right baseball decision, that didn't make Sunday night any easier. He's a tremendous baseball player, Epler said. He got a big heart. He's a good person. I'm sure he's somebody that five years, 10 years from now, I'm going to run into him in the Dominican Republic or run into him in Florida or New York or somewhere. We'll continue to share in some good new good memories together. But Sunday night wasn't one of them. And of course, Francisco Lador was not happy about this. So let's get to the get to this story. Um hold on a second. Yeah, um, yeah, Francisco Lindor wasn't happy about this. Um, yeah, so before the clock strikes noon on Monday, uh, the governor have will have to decide whether Robertson Cano deserves to stay on execution. In this case, the governor and general Bill, manager Billy Appler, um, deciding on a popular veteran within the Mets clubhouse as MLB teams reduced rosters from 28 to 26. Um, um, Cano entered Sunday night on um, .195, slash line with one homer and three RBIs in 43 appearances since returning from a PED suspension that cost him all of 2021 the Mets still owe the 39 year old second baseman 37 million dollars on, on a contract that runs through next season i wouldn't be happy francisco lindor said when asked about the possibility cano will get dumped i don't want to see that happen he's a good teammate a good person and obviously he's He's got a great track record, and we all know what he's capable of doing. I don't care how old how old he is. The mind is still fresh, and he can still hit. Um, Lindor was asked that what he's seen from Cano, who has started once in the Mets um, last five games. Cano has been a part-time player, shifting between second base and DH. The inconsistency is coming because he's not in there every day, Lindor said. He's been a guy his whole career and he's a new role. He's in a new role. He didn't play last year and he's in a new role right now. So that is what is happening. He really hasn't adjusted to the new role that he has. Um manager 
Bucks show will to indicate it in all likelihood the Mets will remove one of the one pitcher before the deadline, leaving them with 14. Um, the most obvious candidate for departure is Yoan Lopez, who was recalled from AAA Syracuse on Sunday to replace Sean Reed Foley, who has been diagnosed with a partially torn ulnar collateral ligament. Shit. That leaves the question whether the Mets will release Cano or send a player with options to Syracuse. Dom Smith, J.D. Davis, and Luis Guillaume are the candidates from that group. Travis Jankowski has emerged as a dependable backup outfielder from Shaw Walter and Epper Light and does not have minor league options remaining. If the Mets were to designate him for assignment, he would have to clear waivers before he could return to the organization. Uh, Smith entered Sunday with a average of point one sixty seven, um, two ninety five, one ninety four slash nine with four RBIs and forty four plate appearances, and essentially serves as a duplicate to um, Cano as a left handed DH bat. The Mets entertained the possibility of trading Smith to the Padres during spring training, but ultimately retreated from a deal that would have yielded pitcher Chris Paddock. I'm actually glad they didn't trade. Um, I'm glad. I'm actually glad they didn't trade Don Smith to the Padres. Um, he he's very valuable. Even 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 though he hasn't played every day, but you know every every now and then he's gonna get a start at first base. I mean, he's not really much of a left fielder person, but that's what Jeff McNeil's for and uh, Mark Hanna's for. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah. Um, so let's see. Let's see. Where we... Okay, so Davis and Guillaume appear safe because they fit, they they fill specific roles as a right-handed bat off the bench and back of shortstop respectively. Jankowski, who arrived on a minor league contract during spring training, said he has no worries about losing his roster spot. I know my role, Jankowski said, fourth outfielder, outfielder type, where it's just go in and be as def a defensive replacement late in the game, go steal bag, score from first on a double it's one of those things that is vital in the, in this game it's needed for a winning team hopefully it's continuing to go in this game and trend in this direction Shaw Walter indicated the subject of the roster cuts has been significantly discussed with Epler seeking input from all corners it's tough because we have good people and good players, and Billy has been on this since spring training, Showalter said. We have been talking about it. Billy is a great gatherer of information from people and solicits a lot of opinions and great listener and take it all in. And at the end of the day, I feel like everybody will feel like they have had some input. That is all you ask. Um, 
Okay. Now, hold on a minute here. Do I even want to? Hold on a second. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on a second. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, let's see. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I'll do fantasy pros baseball some other time. Let me go to let me go to let me go to um Francisco Alvarez for a sec. Um, okay. All right, here we go. This is according to sportsnot.com. It may be a matter of time before the New York Mets have two men named Francisco starring in everyday roles in Flushing, one of the best 10, one of the 10 best players in the MLB minor leagues is currently playing for the Mets double, double A affiliate Biggerton Rumble Ponies. Francisco Alvarez is currently the team's starting catcher and has quickly made his way through the franchise's farm system to become um, the organization's top prospect. While the catcher is always an important position and developing a long-term option is a priority for every franchise, Alvarez has shown can't-miss potential um, because of the elite level heading he has displayed during his career, and that has continued over the first few games of his 2022 minor league campaign. So far this season, the Venezuelan has been in a full-on Hulk smash mode against opposing pitches. In 31 at-bats, he has 11 hits, 4 home runs, 12 runs batted in, and 8 runs scored. His slash line following the team's Wednesday win over the Portland Sea Dogs is ridiculous. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, shit. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Portland Sea Dogs? Wow. <laughs> That's wild, man. Um, Right now, he has a a average .355 batting average, a .432 on base percentage, and an out of this world 1.303 slugging percentage. Um, let's see. With hitting like that, he will not be staying in Biggerton much longer. The question is, how long will he even stay in Triple A if he keeps this up? During a recent chat with the team's broadcast network, former Mets general manager and current SNY analyst Jim Duquette lauded Francisco um, Alvarez's talents and even compared him to team great David Wright. However, he did pour a bit of cold water on the possibility of Alvarez playing in City Field in 2022. He has a, a thousand. He has he has a 1.000 slugging percentage right now. If he keeps hitting like that, it's hard to keep him in the minor 
leagues, Duquette said. But he is only 20 years old, and he's at double A. You'd like to see him get an opportunity at the triple A level and swing the bat that way. I remember when we had David Wright. David started in high A ball. Then he got to double A. Then he got to triple A for just a month, and we brought him up late in the year. I wouldn't rule that out, but I think more realistically, you'd be looking at him here next year in 2023. He needs work on framing, receiving, all those things. X explained, it's hard to bring a catcher up in the middle of a pennant race. You can't really hide him. Hopefully, the Mets League um, leading payroll lives up to expectations, and they don't need Alvarez this season. Nevertheless, the organization very well may have the next Mike Piazza in the minor league pipeline. Mm. That's actually that's actually that's actually pretty ill, though, man. You know what I mean? I hope they I hope that he um. I hope that he um I hope that he makes it to the the big leagues um next year. I mean, look, I did see him crush a monstrous um ball out the park with a home run during spring training. I was actually impressed, man, you know what I'm saying? So um they may not need him right now though, you know what I'm saying? But there's 2023 because, like I, like I was, like I, like I was reading, he needs to, he needs to work on a few things. Actually, you know what I'm saying? Some mechanics, baseball mechanics. You know what I'm saying? So he's pretty good, though, man. You know what I'm saying? I like, I like, I like him. So I'm gonna make some noise for that one right there. All right. Um, all right. So here's what we're gonna do. Um, this is right. Tyler McGill. Um. <clears throat> okay. So with the 100 with the 10th anniversary of Johan Santana no hitter approaching on June 1st, the the Mets second no no in franchise history came via a combined effort against the Phillies on Friday, April 29th. This was the club's first combined no-hitter in the team's existence. Starting pitcher Tyler McGill kicked things off with five hitless innings, but was pulled after throwing 88 pitches. Luckily, the bullpen would do the rest as Drew Smith, um, Jolie Rodriguez, Seth Lugo, and Edwin Diaz finished the job by not surrendering a hit across the final four frames in a 3-0 victory. The Mets pitching staff struck out a total of 12 batters and walked six, six on a combined 159 pitches. The Mets became the first team in baseball to produce a no-hitter during the 2022 regular season.
McGill continued his strong start to the season with five scoreless innings on 88 pitches. The righty did not allow a hit, struck out five batters, and walked three. McGill now has a 1.93 ERA um, across five starts in 2022. It was exciting. Obviously, a team win, McGill said. All these guys came in and filled up the zone, did their job, and were fearless and attacked hitters. Um, he said, "He said, in quote, it was the first no-hitter I've been a part of, so I'm glad it was with this group of guys. I'm proud of these guys. I'm ecstatic. It's crazy. Smith was the first man out of the bullpen in this game and tossed a one one and one third scoreless innings to go now. No, excuse me, to go along with four strikeouts and one walk. Smith is one of seven pitchers in the league to throw at least nine innings without allowing a run this season. Next, it was the lefty Rodriguez who threw a scoreless inning um, and walked two batters. Lugo entered with one out in the top of the eighth to get the t- next two men out to keep the combined no-hitter intact. Um, in the ninth inning, closer Edwin Diaz struck out the side to complete the no-hitter and solidify a historic night for his team. On the other side of the of the ball, Jeff McNeil broke a scoreless tie in the bottom of the fifth with a two-run single off the Philly starter Aaron Nola. The Mets got an additional run off Nola on a solo shot from Pete Alonso, his fourth of the year, in the bottom of the sixth. The Phillies' righty struck out nine batters in this outing, but ultimately suffered the loss. After the game, it was revealed that four out of five Mets pitchers appeared to appeared in Friday night's contest, were unaware of the fact that they were protecting a no-hitter while they were on the mound. Um, sorry about that. Um, I didn't know until late, McGill said. Um, give me a second. Let me get a sip of water here. Okay. In the moment, you aren't really paying attention to it, but then obviously, um, deeper in the game, you start um, to look at the scoreboard and see it. I came in, I saw Sugar, <laughs> Sugar Diaz. <laughs> Sugar Diaz, wow. Warming up. I was in the gym in the ninth, and I looked up and saw a zero and said, Drew Smith, don't say nothing, but we got to get out there, Lugo said. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I didn't know until the eighth, Smith said. I was doing my arm 
care, and I wasn't even looking at the TV, but they had the audio on in the training room. So I heard um, Gary Cohen say, say something about history, and I saw the zero. Nobody knew in the bullpen, not a single person. That's when James McCann, who caught all nine innings behind the plate, leaned over to Diaz and asked, Sugar, did you did you know? Yes, I did, Diaz said. I like to watch the scoreboard every time because I want to know who I'm facing. I saw the three zeros, so I stayed quiet. I start warming up. I come in, and James go, goes, hey, we're going to stop using the pitch comp because it's going to be loud. The Phillies offense has a chance to put up historic numbers this season, featuring a lineup made up of several superstar sluggers in reigning um, NL MVP Bryce, Bryce Hopper, Kyle Schwarber, Nick Castellanos, Castellanos, JT Riamuto, among others. Um, holding this unit hitless across nine innings is just another testament to how impressive the Mets pitching staff performance was on Friday and how strong they've been overall this season. Um, 2.79 ERA, second in MLB. Um, that's a good lineup, McCann said. Shutting down a lineup like that with some time hit big time hitters. You can't say enough good things about these guys making their pitches tonight. It's something that will be in history forever, McCann said. Whether it's one pitcher or five pitchers, it's a no hitter. It's just special. It was special. It was a special night indeed, followed by a special celebration in the clubhouse afterward, according to the First baseman Pete Alonzo. The night's clubhouse celebration featured loud music, specifically DMX. The team was bouncing around and screaming like little kids, as Alonzo illustrated. The Mets are now 15, and 15, 15 wins and 6 losses, 15-6 on the year. The best record in baseball. They'll look to extend their franchise record to 7 consecutive um, series wins to start the year when Taiwan Walker returns from the I.L. to face the Phillies on Saturday, which I saw that game. Um, so yeah, let's see. Oh, oh, let's talk about the comeback. Let's talk about the comeback. I actually saw that game too. I didn't see the J.D. Davis um hit, but he yeah. So. Um, what the buck just happened? <laughs> oh man, that shit is funny. <laughs> On a night the Mets were listless, cut, cut, kaput. They finally found their bats in the ninth inning and didn't stop the tidal wave Thursday until they had scored seven runs against the Phillies in their most improvable victory of. The Bucks show Walter error. The Mets rallied from six runs down in the ninth to win eight to seven at Citizens Bank Park. Starling Marte's RBI double against Corey uh, Nebel delivered the go-ahead run, but this was a complete team comeback. 
Brandon Nimble stroke a two-run single to tie the game in an inning that also included a key pitch pinch hit double from JD Davis with two outs and two and two run homer by Francisco Lindor. The Mets hadn't erased a deficit of at least six runs in the ninth inning to win a game since September 13, 1997 against the Expos, Montreal Expos. Um, the last major um, league team to overcome that kind of deficit in the ninth was the Nationals, who stunned the Mets with seven runs in their final at-bat to win 11-10 on September 3rd, 2019. You just never give up and say, when it comes to my turn, I give everything I have got, Nimble said. It seems like every guy on this team has that mentality, and when you do, that it allows for things like this to happen. Um... And um, the ninth inning magic even overshadowed the Mets' comeback in St. Louis on April 25th when they scored five times with two outs in the ninth inning and overcoming a two-run deficit. Every team develops a personality as the season progresses, and this one has answered a lot of early season challenges, so well to said. We'll see if our curiosity is going to be satisfied, but a night like tonight makes you realize what could be. This one included a two-run home, two homer from the slumping Lindor to begin the comeback against James Norwood. Pete Alonzo and Jeff McNeil had hits to begin the next wave. Mark Hanna's RBI single off Neville's leg brought an, in another run before Don Smith struck, struck out for the second out. Davis, Nemo, and Marte then delivered delivered in succession when when Lindor hit that home run I got excited about it as if it was me that hit that home run Monte said after that line after that the lineup got going and going and where we were able to take it to another level um Chasson um Shreve and Adonis Medina gave the Mets a chance by combining for four scoreless innings in relief at the time when Walker allowed seven runs, six of which were earned. Edwin Diaz worked a perfect ninth with two strikeouts for his sixth save. Marte's homer against Aaron Nola in the sixth had accounted for the Mets' only run before the final inning. Nola allowed... Only three hits over seven innings. You get down that much early and you have got Nola out there. You don't like your chances, so Walter said. <clears throat> Walker's final inning was the fourth when he surrendered consecutive homers to Bryce Harper and Nick Castellanos. Castellanos. Burying the Mets in a seven zip hole. 
The homers were the first two allowed this season by Walker. The Phillies sent nine batters to the plate in the first inning and scored four runs, three of which were earned. After Kyle Schwarber walked leading off, Lindor booted Alec Baum's grounder for an error, and Harper delivered an RBI double. Castellanos um, followed with an RBI ground out, and JT Riamuto's single extended the Phillies' lead to 3-0. Um, Rice Hopkins um, walked, and Gene... Segura's RBI single proceeded two straight outs to conclude the inning. Lindor's error changed the inning's um, complexion. A possible double play had turned into another Phillies base runner. Baum hit a slow grounder the following inning that Lindor briefly juggled. It became an infield single. Castellanos, RBI, RBI fielder's choice, widened the Mets' deficit to Fazit. In his previous start against the Phillies last night, Walker fired five scoreless innings in which he allowed two hits and two walks. Walker's first start of the season against the Phillies came here on April 11th when he departed after two shutout innings with shoulder discomfort that was later diagnosed as um, bursitis. He spent the next two and a half weeks on the IL, um, which is injured list. Um, Walker was proud of his teammates on this night. It's easy to give up when you are down 7-1 or 7-zip, Walker said. But when you fight until that last out, good things happen, and it showed tonight. So, let's see. Um, am I the way for a wrap up? The Mets are 20 and 10, they got 20 wins so far and 10 losses. That's not bad, man. You know what I'm saying? That is not bad at all, man. So let's make some noise, man. And that's going to do it for episode 25. Um, you like what you heard in today's episode or any previous episodes whatsoever, um, please feel free to make a charitable donation to my cash app, which is um, which is um, dollar sign G Money Stacks 555. That's dollar sign um, capital G, lowercase M O N E Y, capital S, lowercase T A C. KZ555. Once again, it's not about breaking the bank and having a lot of money. It's about doing the best you can and whatever amount of money um you decide to donate um will be appreciated by showing some love and support of this show right here. So um so yeah. Um, 
let's get into i'm gonna get into um let's get into um hold on a second hold on a second hold on let me get the sound effect ready here we go this is stream choices on the go make sure you follow excellent fun vibrant podcast the sports edition show on instagram alongside with my other show meticulous vibe juice podcast um review show and of course my number one um successful show so far is off the meat rack chains new york podcast on facebook and instagram and of course, you can follow me on the gram, which is G Money Stacks 555 in Queens, New York. And of course, 17 Live, which is uh G Money Stacks Queens, New York. And on Instagram, don't forget to turn on your notifications for updates and postings. And when the episode is going to drop to streaming platforms, and when the episode is going to be available on YouTube. So there you go, right there. Um all right, so we're going to get into where you can actually um, listen to the episodes. And I must say, um, if you if you have any questions on anything whatsoever, if you um, if you if you like to chime in on the on the topics that was discussed and all that good stuff. Um, any questions for me, any topic ideas for sports related stuff, sports stories, um, what is baseball, what is basketball, what is um what is football, what is tennis, um, you know, you know, um uh whatever it is, I am going to actually try to cover um the volleyball games and and i'm going to try to cover the big three as well so you know what i'm saying so um so yeah and you you can leave a voice message too um on top of that too on anchor.fm so um i already put it in the link in the bio where it says link tree slash um excellent fun vibrant podcast you click there you're gonna see the name of the show you click on there and you're gonna see the word message you leave your voice message on there um with your with your phones with your microphone whatever it is you have there so um anyway man so um anchor is the first first place where you can listen to the episodes um um, we're on Audible, we're on Audacity, Amazon Music, Breaker, Castbox FM, Deezer, Listen Notes, Moon FM Podcast, Player FM, Pocket Cast, Pod Friend, Podorama, Podopolo, Podcast Addict, Podcast Index, um, Podchaser, Podverse. We are on Reason FM, Spotify, Re- Spotify, um, excuse me, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. Google Podcasts, and don't forget to leave a five star rating on Podchaser, Podfriend, and Spotify. Five stars, it will be appreciated. And of course, and of course, don't forget to listen to Excellent Fun Vibrant Podcast on Radio Public alongside with um iHeartRadio 
um, the number one Afro music radio and podcast. Uh, and of course, you can follow my other podcast shows, which is also on iHeartRadio as well, which is um, Excellent Fun Vibrant Pot. No, excuse, yes, Excellent Fun Vibrant Podcast, Meticulous Vibrant Podcast, and of course, my number one show that's already reaching 2K plays, which is Off the Meat Rack Chains New York Podcast. All right. And last but not least, the YouTube. Okay, make sure you grab that subscribe button and click on that noti noti bell when the show goes in the air via live stream. More more um updates, um episode postings after the after each recording will automatically be uploaded to uploaded and posted to the YouTube channel page. Um, of course, leave a like and a comment. Download these episodes, very important. Um, stay tuned for more video content, upcoming episodes, previous episodes. Tell a friend to another friend, share the video, share the episodes, and of course, um, share the podcast with your husbands, your wives, your, your boyfriends, your girlfriends, your friends, and and along with the link that says Linktree slash um, excellent. Excellent, fun, vibrant podcast, of course. And, and of course, yeah. Look, I'm G Money Stacks. Thank you very much for listening and rocking with me on this 25th episode of the Sports Edition Show. I truly appreciate you for listening. I, I, um, I really admire um, myself in terms of the grind I've been doing. And, you know, and speaking of the grind, remember, the grind does not stop. Hard work pays off. And, and let's not forget, let's not forget that, um, let's not forget that um, follow your dreams and do something that makes you happy, not according to your parents, not not according to, um, you know, not according to um labels and networks and stuff like that. And of course, you know, you know, um, you know, do you be you, talk your shit, and of course. Don't forget to tune in to the sports podcast right here every Sunday. And I'm going to do a little experiment on on the following Tuesdays to record. Um, I do apologize once again for not recording this past Sunday. Um, that was on me because of a late dinner that I had. So, you know, it is what it is. So. Anyway, man, anyway, so I'll see you next time in the next episode. Same place, same sports channel, same man cave channel on YouTube. And of course, and of course, enjoy the rest of the week. Peace and one love and have yourselves a good night. Thank you.
Hey guys, G Money Stacks here. You like what you heard? I need your help on some things. Go to the YouTube channels like Excellent Fun Vibrant Podcast Sports Edition Show, G Money Stacks 555, and Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast by grabbing the subscribe button, enable alerts with the notification bell, leave a like, comment on the episodes, including the topics, and much more. Plus, you can catch up on the episodes on streaming platforms, including YouTube, by going to the link that says Linktree slash Excellent Fun Vibrant Podcast. Make sure you follow on Instagram, Excellent Fun Vibrant Podcast, Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast, Off the Meat Rat Chains New York Podcast, alongside with myself, G Money Stacks 555 in Queens, New York. Thank you so much for tuning in and rocking with me and listening to the episodes. Peace and one love.